Welcome to North Bay Christ the King. You're listening to our weekly service message podcast. Join us every Sunday morning at 9.30 and 11 o'clock at our campus location in Birch Bay, Washington. Thank you for tuning in. Thanks for the effort, everybody here uh, together. And it's kind of the week after Easter. What a great what a great Easter we had. If you're here last week, uh, if, especially if you came to the later service, like the latest service, everybody decided to come to the latest service. And years pass, I would encourage people, make sure you come early, early, beg people to come early. This last couple years, ah, people, you know, oh my goodness. So we had more people in the 11 o'clock service than I don't think even where to stand. It was um unbelievable amount of people. Uh, a level of unsafety, I would say at some point. And so, you know, Pray for no fire marshal visits or anything like that. So that's, but uh, wanted to wanted to say this too is we had actually uh, probably over about a, fourteen people make commitments to Christ uh, this last week. So we're we're thankful for that. And as Tyler mentioned, one of the steps of faith when it comes to making a commitment to Christ is also baptism. So in a few weeks we're going to have those. And so if that's you, if you were one of the fourteen or you knew somebody that that made that commitment to the Lord in Easter, really encourage them to take that next step, uh, take the plunge in baptism. We love to help them with that and be a part of that celebration of, of being raised to new life as the Bible talks about and expressed to that. So uh, today though, we're gonna jump into something that we're gonna talk about for a couple weeks. It's actually not anything maybe brand new of what we talked about before. And then that is, it, it has to do with neighboring. And so this week and next week, we're going to do a little refresher on our neighboring theme this year that we've been doing. But I want to warn you for next week, next week's going to be another PG-13 weekend. So you're like, oh, okay, what is that going to be about? You'll find out next weekend when you come what that's going to be about. A similar kind of topic, but we're going to take a little bit further and how our lives, what we do with our life of being a good neighbor affects the entire world, actually. So we'll have some guests for that. So next week, if you've you know, got kids that are younger, probably good to have them either downstairs in kids' place or you'll have an interesting conversation at lunch. Uh, so it'll be, be a good thing. So if you need some more information about, about that, let me know. But with the neighboring thing, some of you are like, man, we didn't we just cover that back in January? We did, but one of the things that we emphasized with neighboring was we don't want to make it some sermon series. We really want it to be a lifestyle that we live out. So that's really our, our heart and desire, even beyond just a theme that we're doing here in 2018. That's really the heart behind this. And, and so our, our church and the other uh, Christ the King churches in our network are just doing like a little bit of a spring refresher to get our hearts set as we move into the warmer season. Is that going to come? Is the warmer season going to happen? But there is this thing. It's it's yellow and it hangs from the sky that one day we'll get to see again. Uh, when that sun comes out, what happens is at the Northwest Whatcom County, what happens is people come out of hibernation and they, they emerge like a mole and there's like sunlight and they get in their yards and they get in their neighborhood. And so it's good to talk about like, okay, how do we, you know, in our neighborhoods, how do we reach out to the people around us since the weather is getting better? So wonderful opportunities ahead that I want to talk about, but just get us going and get us inspired again on being and part of being a neighbor. I want you to take a look at this.
just for some, but for Well, it's true, isn't it? What the world needs is love, sweet love. And it, it comes through community. It could, well, it starts with God, right? It starts with God's love in us. And, and as we sang this morning, and the gratefulness and the faithfulness of God that then fills us and that we have this capacity to go outside of ourselves, go outside of our little world. And I think we can all relate with that, right? There's so much of this going on. Like, how do we get beyond ourselves and that we need the love and the, and the community that comes through love. I love our name as a church, Christ the King Community Church. I love our, I love our first name, Christ the King. If anybody knows, wants to know what we're about, we're about Christ being King, but I love our middle name. We have a great middle name. We have, we have this name called Community. And the emphasis of not only community here within our own Christian community, authentic Christian community, but that can spread into our, literally into our community. And that's what really neighboring is all about, whether it's a, you know, on a subdevelopment or a trailer court or in a clubhouse, you, you live in a condo community or a country road, or I love that, a hallway. Wasn't that great? A hallway in an apartment complex. There's really no excuse why we can't neighbor and be good neighbors. It looks different for everybody but one thing we know about is this, in our needs of life, we need air, we need food, we need water, we need shelter. But within us intrinsically, we all need community. We all need deep, meaningful, meaningful relationships. This isn't meaningful. Meaningful is face-to-face, person-to-person. And so that's why we're emphasizing this as a part of it. But it's interesting when it comes to the need of neighboring, it's, it's so much in our culture today. I find it really fascinating as I'm paying attention to what's out there. I, I didn't know this so recently, but did you know that board games are at an all-time high of sales? Don't you think that's interesting? Isn't that fascinating? Here are all the screens that we look at. People are going, okay, we need some human interaction. And I think, hey, when is the last time we played a family 
hey, when's the last time we played a game together? It's been a few weeks, hasn't it? We don't spend a lot of time that way. We, we get so busy in our own little worlds and spending time playing a good old-fashioned board game. Another thing they've found in culture is this, when it comes to neighboring, is a lot of the new houses being built are now being built with front porches. Millennials are actually wanting to be out in front, not in the back in a, in a patio you know, with a fenced backyard. You also see it in advertisement. The, just a couple of weeks ago, I got this in the mail. It says, a good neighbor gives you cookies. And this is uh, from the, my bank. My bank is even telling me to be a good neighbor here. It's interesting. Bellium Herald, there was an article about preparing for the big one for the earthquake. And it had this whole map, this whole neighboring strategy of like when something happens, who do you turn to and help? And I don't know if we have it on the image there, but there's a, there's a neighboring app now. There's, it's called Nextdoor. And I've got a couple of friends that are using that right now. And it's like, they're able to interact with their neighbors of needs. And, you know, you can say, okay, my, I lost my dog. This, you know, if you many sees it, we're having a yard sale. But man, here our whole culture is doing it already. They're actually showing us already the need and, 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 and to participate. So being a good neighbor is not, not just a good idea and even what culture is doing, but really is God's idea. Jesus, when he was on this earth, gave us a divine perspective of why we're here. He, he, and, he, and he called us really, when you look at and sum up what Jesus called us to, is really comes down to two basic commands we're going to be reminded of here again today, but it's summed up with one word. It's love. It's love. And I want to take a time here to refresh us. And some of you are going, man, didn't we cover this back in January? It's good to talk about it again. It's good to get it within our lifestyle. And I want to go back to this moment that Jesus had with a religious lawyer that really ends up summing up what we're about and what, what, what neighboring is, is, is all about and what we're called to. In Luke chapter 10, go back to this moment this religious lawyer had with Jesus. He really kind of was there, not necessarily the greatest motive. He was kind of trying to set up Jesus. He's actually kind of trying to test Jesus, the Bible says. But he, he goes to Jesus and he says, teacher, he asks, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And I love Jesus' response all the time, many times, as he answers this question with the question. He says, what is written in the law? And he, and he replied, how do you read it? And this is what the lawyer answered back. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. I think it's pretty profound here. Jesus wasn't telling the guy what the answer was. He asked him. And here he did respond, summing up the two big commandments with this guy of comes down to love. And I look at Jesus' response back. It says, you answer correctly. And then Jesus replied, do this and you will live. He's reminding the lawyer, he's reminding us that to really live, not just kind of exist, but to really live in life, to really experience life at the fullest, to have abundant life, and all that God desires us to have this rich life, it goes down and it comes down to loving God and loving others, specifically, not just loving others, but loving your neighbor as yourself. In fact, if you could sum up this entire motive of emphasis that we've been doing, it's this, is our love for God is revealed in how we love our neighbors. Our love for God is revealed in how we love our neighbors. And you can read through Paul's letters and, and also Peter who talked about if you really love God, you're going to love one another. And you see this pattern over and over. But I love how Jesus just sums it up here in John 13. He says, a new commandment I give you, love one another as I have loved you. I love that part. Love one another. How do we love one another? As you have been 
loved. So you must love one another. By this, by this, you will, they will know that, that you are my disciples. Or this, this, by this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. So the question we have here at Christ the King has been, what would happen if we actually, literally, seriously did love our neighbor as ourselves, even our literal neighbors? So we're looking at this, we're going back a little bit, but as we emerge outdoors, as we get in the weather gets a little bit warmer, as we kind of peer out a little bit in the sunlight and the opportunities to have, how can we live this? How can we now put some feet on this? has been talking about before, actually doing that. So I want to just give a few refreshers, some neighboring spring refreshers, and, and loving where you live. Some action steps I want to give as well with. The first is this, you remember we talked about it, is that God has placed you right where you are for divine purpose. God has placed you right where you are, where you are, where you live, whether it's in a development, whether it's someone below you or above you in a, in a building or down the road, wherever, wherever home is to you, it is strategic. And it's interesting with people when it comes to our neighboring is we see ourselves where we're at, but there's times you're kind of going, gosh, you know, I, it's, it's almost awkward. There's, just, there's kind of an interesting with neighboring is that you, you live next door to people and you interact with them. But I've found is it takes a little bit to get over some of the awkward things that are there. And I think a lot of it has to do maybe our Northwest mentality. People kind of want to live and they want to be private. And you know, you want to, you want to respect people's privacy. But as you push through that a little bit and you get to know your neighbors, it's interesting the relationships that can be built and be bonded with it. But it takes a lot of work to do that. See, the reality is this though, I never thought of my address as being that important until I began to think this way and begin to think about being on the mission with Jesus. When I began to go, wow, being a follower of Christ that I'm on, um, life is a mission field and where I'm at, it has everything, all, also has everything to do with my own, re, my own location, my geographic location. See, I, I always thought up until then that my, where I lived had a lot to do with what my parents could afford and where I, where I could afford. And, 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 you know, some of you are in times where you meet me in the, this situation now, like, well, we're living here for a while until we do this or do that. But the reality is right where you are is where God has you. And I, I love what Luke writes about this in Acts. If you remember, we, we talked about this at the beginning of the year, where he writes in chapter 17 of the book of Acts, he says that God had made the whole world and everything in it is the Lord of the land and the sky. He does not live in temples built by human hands. This God is the one who gives life, breath, and everything else to people. He doesn't need any help from them. He has everything he needs. God began by making one person, which is actually the church, and from him came all the different people who live everywhere in the world. God decided exactly when and where they must live. So if you and I, think about this, if you and I believe that in the sense that God has made everything and that God has every detail, God knows every hair in our head, the Bible says, and it knows every clam that's in Birch Bay, he knows exactly where we are and where we live. He's all powerful, all knowing, and he picked our geographic location right where we are. Look at verse 27. It says that God wanted them to look for him and perhaps search around for him and find him, though he's not far from any of us. I think it's what's powerful is that every single location 
you have lived and I have lived has been strategic. And in that, God has found us where we are at. And I I thought about that a little bit. If God has found us where we're at, where we live, is it not true for everybody else in the world? And that God has planted us right here for purpose. Our neighborhood is a place. It is a mission field that God has called us to right where we live. You don't have to go too far. You don't have to cross the world as much as it's wonderful. And next week, in fact, you're going to hear some things globally, how we can make a difference. But where it really starts is right here. Neighboring starts here at this point in this time for our lives. And so to do that, if, if we truly, again, back to this love issue, back to the fact that where God has called us to, he's called us to love him and love our neighbor as ourselves, right where we at. So I want to give you some kind of spring action steps to love where you live. And talk about that here just for a couple minutes. First is this, some suggestions to help is this, is first get informed. Last January here, just a few months ago, we gave out this little card. Who is my neighbor? And these cards are in the back if you want to take one. And what it is, is you can, you can put your name, you're right here, this is you, and then begin to identify the neighbors around you, to learn their name. Some of you live in maybe a newer neighborhood. Some of you live and been in the neighborhood a long time, and you would be embarrassed. You maybe at one time knew everybody, and now people have moved and come and gone, and you, you just haven't really got to know your neighbors. The first step is, what if you took this and go, hmm, what are the neighbors, who lives behind me, around me, and near me? And be, begin to identify those neighbors. And then as you do, then you can use this as a, a prayer opportunity. Now, don't post this on your fridge. We talked about that before. And the neighbors come up like, hey, Bill, why is my name on your fridge? Okay, that's creepy. Or like, well, we got, or praying, you know, this gets a little weird, right? I mean, you can develop a relationship with people that might work out a little bit. But stick it in your Bible. But use it as a way. Again, all we're asking is just, and challenging is just be intentional about it. And begin to say, as Jesus says, watch and pray. Pray for the people in your neighborhood and then watch for opportunities. There's these moments where you're at your mailbox. There's moments you're out in your yard. There's moments where you're able to interact with your neighbors. Take advantage of that. Really maybe asking one extra question besides how are you doing. Get that information. The next time you're with them, ask another question and get to know them a little bit. And that's a, that's a great way to pray for them, encourage them. And, and, you know, you might even open up once you hear what's going on in their life, they might share some struggles. Hey, can I just, you know, can I, I'll be praying for you. I'll let you, you know, get, take, take some time and get some permission to do that. And then as you're doing that, look for opportunities. And this is what I found, what, where God is working already. See, neighboring is already probably taking place in some of our neighborhoods already. People are doing it in some way. I was walking down the street, get our mail the other day, and a new couple moved in, and they're already getting connected. And the lady said there's a monthly potluck that ladies are doing in the neighborhood. And she wanted me to let my wife know about that. And they, they get together, and then they bring money, and they, have a, they support a certain cause, different cause each month. People are already doing it. We don't actually even have to create it sometimes. It's happening. Another thing is to consider is a, is a block party. And as the weather will get better, uh, to actually do something, a community picnic or a block party. And, and I want to give a warning with the block party. I learned when I did, we did a, our neighborhood several years ago, a block party. Make sure you kind of get permission from some of the people in your neighborhood before you actually do it. So we decided to go ahead and block a cul-de-sac. 
and we brought in, I brought in some inflatables, and, and I thought I had the conversation with one of the neighbors that I could set it up in his front lawn. And so then the afternoon, I knock on the door, and, and they're not answering the door. I'm thinking, well, maybe they're napping or something, and they'll be coming out later. And so I just proceeded to go ahead and set this huge inflatable up in their front yard. So he emerges from that, not happy at all, and go, what the, you're doing in this, you know, and he was really actually ups, very upset, and I said, well, yeah, you said, remember we talked about a few weeks ago about this, because I just put like lawn fertilizer on my lawn or something like that. It's like, oh, little kids and lawn fertilizer. It was just a mess, and I had to kind of like, okay, we'll, we'll move it into the street. It just got really ugly. So, so, just get be smart about it. Get some permission as you do that. But don't shy away from opportunities and, and to get together and to do something coming up. And it takes some planning. If you need some help, we've got a little block party party planning kit we can give you and I can send you in that. Another area is to maybe just do a community yard sale toward proceeds. There's, there's a lot of needs in our community. How can we be proactive? Well, that might be an idea. Just, hey, we're all doing a, we're going to do a community yard sale and it's going to go to a cause, whatever that cause might be. So there's lots of ideas. I encourage you in your small group, talk about some ways you can do that. But here's the motive of all of it. Here's the motive. You got to hear this. The motive of why we neighbor is not to convert people to Christianity. And some of you are going, gosh, that should be the motive, right? Now I get that part. We're, we're to go and make disciples. That's the great commission. I totally get that. But Jesus says to us this, he says to love. He says to love one another, love your neighbor as yourself. That Love needs to be our agenda. Whatever happens out of the results is really up to God. In fact, I love how Ephesians 2 in the message, it says this. This kind of just puts in perspective of God doing the transformation in the lives of people. Saving is all his idea and all his work. All we do, all we do is trust him enough to let him do it. It's God's gift from start to finish. Our jobs are to love. Our jobs are to love and love those sometimes that aren't that lovable, but know this. I love the fact that the Bible says that love never fails. If our motive is love and loving without an agenda, someone said that, that a true friend is, is someone who spends, wants to spend time with you, but has no immediate plans for your future. And, and that's true, isn't it? We don't have to come always with this, some agenda. Do we want people to know the Lord? Absolutely. Do they need Jesus? Absolutely. But our jobs is to love them and let God take care of the results of that. Another refresher reminder is that this is that real love looks for a way in, not a way out. You remember us talking about this a few weeks ago? Real love looks for a way in, not a way out. See, this guy, he, he, th- this religious lawyer, he was trying to, ju- the Bible says that he was trying to, he had a motive in, involved. And so when Jesus says, do this and you will live, go do those things, go do it. Jesus thought that was it. The conversation was over. But the lawyer goes, wait, wait, wait a second. And, and Luke kind of gives something very insightful. It says this, but he wanted, this lawyer wanted to justify himself. So he asked Jesus, well, who is my neighbor? And again, the beginning, if you look before in the text, it says that he was trying to test Jesus. See, this guy was trying to get out of something. This guy was trying to uh, get, a, get away from doing something he really didn't want to do. He was looking almost like a, on a technicality. Well, Jesus gives perspective. He gives this wonderful story. Many of us know it's called the Good Samaritan story. Takes, really kind of looks down at a couple of religious guys who saw a guy in need, but they went around, they, they avoided him. And yet the, this Samaritan back then, the Samaritans were not really favorable people. It was this dirty old Samaritan. They ended up reaching out and helping this guy. 
And Jesus makes the point of this is, listen, the neighbors, your neighbors, you know what the conclusion is this? Your neighbors are the ones that are near you, but not like you. There's people around us that are near us, but not like us. See, it's easy to love people that are like us. It's easy to love people that have the same interests and beliefs and values. But here's the challenge for all of us is this, especially if you've been a Christian for a long time. We got to get out of our holy huddles. We've got to get out of our holy huddles. We can insulate ourselves so much. And so we have to say, God, how do I love people that are they're near me, not like me? And who are they? Well, are they really our literal neighbors? For many of us, our neighbors live in completely different lifestyles than we live. And you're like, you got to be, t- I can tell you that. They're crazy, crazy people, right? You have neighbors in completely different, maybe religions and lifestyles and backgrounds. And yet the challenge is to really love our neighbor as ourselves is to love them, even though they're not like us. And yet how we know we can justify ourselves all day long for looking for ways out. We can make all kinds of excuses, but here's the question I have for you. What ways are you trying to worm your way out of loving? <laughs> what are some ways? What are some ways you're trying to go out of it rather than, than actually leaning into it? But many times we say, I just don't have time. You don't have time. If that's your excuse, you don't have time. How much Netflix did you watch this last week? Ouch. Okay. You give attention to what's important to us. I don't have anything to offer. You know, I don't, I'm not... What can I offer my neighbor? I mechanically declined. I don't have any skills or whatever. You can give your time. You can give the moment. And you give your time and talent so it's profitable to us. The other thing is we can say, I'm I'm afraid of getting too involved. We talked about this one before. Like, we do need to set boundaries. I mean, people can get, once they find out you want to be available, boy, they'll they'll want more, they'll want something from you. Well, there there is some balance to that, but there is also this risk of giving our lives, stepping outside of our little bubble to reach out to people that are messy. And I know people are messy. People got messy lives. You're thinking, man, I got a messy life. But what's so powerful is this, is that Jesus himself moved in our neighborhood and he dove into our messes and he shows us the way how to love. The Jesus way is through love and reaching out to do that. But here's the thing, what's so amazing is we don't have to have it all figured out to actually be good neighbors. See, I want to introduce a thought to you. Have you ever thought of this before? When it comes out, you know, us reaching out to, to people around us is this, is to develop the art of receiving. That might be a new thought for you, is this idea of developing art of receiving. Several years ago, my old neighborhood, in fact, we just moved in this neighborhood. We didn't know our neighbors too well. And it was the wind, maybe it was yesterday or the day before, the wind was howling and blowing. It was one of those kind of days, 50 mile an hour wind. And in our backyard, we had a trampoline. And we're looking out there in breakfast. And my wife makes a comment. She goes, it's, it's moving around. It's kind of like hovering around in the backyard. You think we should tie it down or do anything like that? I'm like, nah, it can't blow away. It's way, it's way too heavy. There's just no way that could actually take place. And so I'm driving. I worked in Bellingham at the time. I'm halfway to Bellingham. And my phone rings. She goes, it's gone. And I'm like, what do you mean gone? The trampoline has disappeared. It's like this Wizard of Oz moment. Like it, and I get home and she goes, I don't see where it's at. I looked in the, in the neighbor's yard and what had happened was the wind was so strong, it picked it up and it flew and it skipped. Can you believe it? it skipped a whole yard. Didn't even make any dents in the, in the neighbor's yard next to us and skipped the yard and then slammed into a lady's house. 
And so then I had to, you know, ring the doorbell and the sweet lady came to the door. It's like, my trampoline is like smashed against your house. Really sorry about that. And she was nice about it, but she's like, okay, you're going to get it, you know, taken out. And so then I'm in a kind of a panic. What do I do? And I'm just going, oh, I hope John across the street, he's a firefighter guy. Oh, he's so, he's got tools. I've seen the tools in his garage. I really hope he's home. John, please, please, please be home. And I answered the door and here he is, John. So he comes over and helps us. And through that, that moment, that connection, we formed a friendship and they were just incredible, incredible neighbors to have. I want to say is there's times in our life we don't have it all together and that we really do have needs in our life. And it's okay to ask for help. In fact, what it does is when we reach out that way and we're needing legitimate help, guess what? It brings value to that neighbor. Because a lot of times they're thinking, well, I can bless my neighbor, bless my neighbor. Yeah, so many plates of cookies are great. But at some point, how do we have a mutual relationship? It's a give and take. And, and many of you are like that. I want to be able to contribute to people. I want to help people. And there's a bond that forms. Now, don't fake that, okay? Don't go, oh, you know, I, I'm just going to go over and be a good neighbor. I'm going to borrow, can, hey, can I borrow your shovel? And then, you, you know, that your neighbor comes over and he goes, hey, you know, you've got three shovels in your garage. Why do you need to borrow my shovel? Okay, that's creepy, right? You don't want to <laughs> pretend you need help. But there's legitimate needs we have. And I tell you, the Bible talks about this. When we're, when we're weak, God's strong. When we're willing to be vulnerable, when we're willing to open our lives up to others, there is this bond that takes place. And it can be people that are far from God, but there's something of a humanitarian effort that's there that people want to contribute. And it creates this relationship. And what it does, it shows the gospel. It actually shows people that I'm not in need. And like people, and especially if you've gone through life crisis, gone through illness, or you, you know, maybe you've gone through cancer treatment or whatever it is, and people want to reach out and help. And they see the grace of God in your life. And like, man, how do you do it? How do you get through what you're getting through? And you can point people to Jesus that way. But it's legitimate. It's authentic. It's real that we, describe, we, we communicate that way of who God truly, truly is. And it's cool opportunities to do that literally with our neighbors. As we neighbor in our neighborhoods, we also, is this as a church, we can neighbor in our community. At Christ the King at North Bay here, this year we, our overall theme has been emphasizing to live sent, to live sent, that we don't come to church every week to, just to receive, but we come to receive so that we can go back out and be the church in the community. Remember our our middle name at the church is community, a community church, and to live sent. And it means a few things. It means neighboring in our neighborhoods, but again, neighboring in our community. Some of you are like, why is there like 50,000 porta-potties in our, in our head? But we're neighboring. We're allowing the, the community vet here. There was a, a running race yesterday, and they wanted to use our building. And, and we're just, we want to we be good neighbors. And you know, we talked about how God strategically places the right place in the right time. We really truly believe God has put North Bay right here geographically on the map. And it's been a, it's an incredible miracle that we're here. And there's going to be more miracles. You're going to hear about it. They're going to need to happen in this building, what God's going to do here, you know, in the immediate future. But God has places here in our community as a church. So sometimes I think about you know, if this church closed down, would any, would it matter in our community? That's a really, really crazy question to ask. And it's, man, do I want to know that? But that's a good question. That's a litmus test for us. Would people go, oh, that was such a great church. They do, 
you know, they do great services there. I've gone to Easter there one time. Or would it be super sad for the community to go, oh man, that church really reaches out to people that are in need. And that church really tries to serve the community we're in. It's, a, it's such a loss if that church didn't exist anymore. I hope that would be the latter for us. And one of the things that we're going to do is be intentional even this summer. You know, each year, in you, as we live in the community, there's so many different community events that take place. And so that we decided this year to pick a couple events that we're going to partner and be involved with in our community. And one's going to be in Birch Bay, and the other one is going to be in Bling. Specific events that we, we're not creating the event. We're not coming up with it, and everybody come to our event. We're actually going to go and partner with people in the events. And for the Birch Bay event that we're going to do is we're going to participate in the Sandcastle Days. Tyler, Tyler actually, uh, he volunteered us. Thanks, Tyler, uh, for us to participate in the Sandcastle Days. And as part of our community development, we really want to reach out in that way, and so we're going to be recruiting here in the next few weeks, several volunteers to help with registration and, and judging. If you're a good sandcastle judger, they're looking for that. Or just participate. In fact, our small group's talking about just participating, being a part of the competition. Well, it'd be a great team building event, getting involved in our community. So that's an event that we're, we're focusing on in Birch Bay. And then just in a couple of weeks, Tyler, if you don't know, we're, we're planning a church in Blaine and his planning team's getting together on the, the 16th of April and they're going to be talking about an, an event that they're going to partner with and we can partner with in Blaine, specifically in Blaine this summer. So two events, again, we're not, like the event isn't us putting it on. In fact, one of the things that we can make a great rule is we're not wearing t-shirts that say CTK or have banners or signs or anything like that. We're not wanting to make it about a brand. We're wanting to make it about Jesus and how we can serve our community. So just getting involved that way. And maybe there's other opportunities you can think, but we want to think kingdom. And we want to do it within our own, who we are, not anybody else, but who we are. And this is the last thing of a refresher for our neighboring is this, to be the best you can be, to be the best you can be. I know it sounds pretty basic, but there's a curse of comparison because many times we can say, man, I'm going to be a good neighbor. And then you, you, you ever have a neighbor that out neighbors you? You ever have somebody like they, they move and then somebody new in the neighborhood, you're like, oh, we should bake cookies for them. Oh, the neighbors just did that, okay? They're always having the cool barbecues and that. Don't have to be like them. You can be like you. And if you are introverted, it doesn't mean you have to have everybody over at your house. Be who you are, but be called saying, God, how do I love my neighbor as I want to be loved? How do I love my neighbor as myself? And there's ways you go about that and learning. And I want to invite you to, as, as we're kind of exploring, okay, God, I want to get involved more in serving. And you might be here today. I want to get involved more. How do I go about that? I, I kind of need to know what are some opportunities, but also even, Lord, where I'm in my season, what does that look like? And I want to invite you to a, a workshop I'm doing at the end of the month. It's called Shape. And the, the, the goal of this class that we're offering is really discovering your, your it's, shape is your spiritual gifts, your heart, your abilities, your experience, make up who you are. And so maybe you're in a time in your life and going, how do I be more effective in serving? I want to get involved. Here's a way you can do that. I'd love to lead you through that and facilitate that. And so you can sign up in the back and also on your connection card. Love to, it's a free workshop. Love to do that, offer that to you. But the goal is to really go, okay, God, how can I be more effective and serving and using my life and making a difference and being a good neighbor wherever I'm at, and then specifically even to our neighborhood. I'm going to wrap up with just wanted to share we about this. A number of years ago, there was a group of about 30 pastors 
in the Col- one, of, one of the cities in Colorado. And they, they got together, and, and I get together, and Tyler and I, we get together with pastors, and we're always thinking, how, we, how can we reach out to the community? And that's what this group of people did, is they went to the mayor, they went to the city council, went to law enforcement, and, and just said, how can we help serve the community? And so they had a forum where they discussed all the different social issues, reaching out to orphans in need, and low income, and, and widows, and all these different demographics of people, and you know, dealing with the crime issues and all that's going on, the drug issues, whole list of things. But at the end of the conversation, it was almost in passing that the mayor said to this group of pastors this. And this is, a, this is a guy that doesn't even claim to be a believer. You know, if you really want to change this city and change this community for the better, it would really be good if the church really wanted to make an impact here is that you, you should start a neighboring movement. And that's what that community did. They said, what if we just became really good neighbors? See, where movements take place is not a program. It's not an event. It's not anything else. Neighboring starts right here. It starts with our lives. As our team comes, I want to just share this question for you. And this is the challenge question. To ask yourself this question with your life is this. Is my love for God truly revealed in how I love my neighbor. It comes back to that. That's a very, very revealing question. I have met people that have claimed to love God, but they sure don't show it on their face. I've met people that claim to love God that are highly critical of other people. I've met people that claim to love God and they're just miserable. And I'm thinking, That doesn't make sense. If I truly, truly love God, and what does it mean to love God? It means to appreciate everything about God. To appreciate his his love for us, that he saved us, the gratefulness of his spirit in us, the transformation we took place because of his work in our lives. When we truly are grateful going, wow, I don't have to go to hell. I get to go to heaven. I think that's enough to go, God, I love you. And I appreciate all that you've done in my life. But that is the love of God in you. And this morning, you're thinking, man, I have a tough time loving my neighbor. I have a tough time loving the people around me. Well, let's just start with our own hearts. Now, I want to pray. I want to pray as we kind of launch into this spring and summer season and kind of a neighboring emphasis. And you're going to hear about it again in a few months from now. We're not going to give up on this thing because we really do want it to be a part of all that we're doing. But it does start here. Movement starts here. And I want to take a moment, and if you could, Pray with me that God would do the movement here to start with our hearts. Let's pray together. God, I'm so thankful for what you have done already. God, I'm thankful for last week and the many lives that were touched and these 14 people that had said yes to you, Jesus. And you came in their life. And, and brought transformation. Lord, I pray that they would, that would continue to take place, that they would be transformed from the inside out. But the reality is, Lord, that's where it really matters. Lord, for movement to take place starts with us. It's not a social movement. It's not a, it's not a program that we can get involved with. And all, all those, Lord, are great things. And God, I, I pray that you guide us strategically as a church this, in this community, Lord, that God, you would use us in such a way that we truly can make an impact, that people would know that our motive is not to promote ourselves. Our motive is to promote 
your love and the love that you have for the people around. But Lord, before we pray for those that we're gonna reach out to, we, we pray not in a selfish prayer, but we pray in a, a reflective prayer of our own heart. God, if we're here this morning and, and we're wrestling with the question of this love for you is revealed in our love for others, and we don't love others right now. In fact, we have some hatred and some bitterness and some angst towards somebody. God, may you free us today. Lord, may we can first confess that to you. Jesus, we're harboring bitterness, Lord. God, cleanse me. Forgive me of that, Lord, so I can fall in love with you in a greater way. And that my love for you, and more importantly, you said you loved us first, that your love would transform us, that we can love others, Lord. Your love would flow in us and through us, Lord. So do that work in our hearts right now, whatever way you need to do that today, that we get that right that we get to that place, Lord. Give us moments this week to love you. Give us moments of pockets of opportunity that we just fall in love with you, that we just be overwhelmed by your spirit and your uh, of, of gratefulness and your faithfulness and everything that we sung about this morning, Lord God, that we would experience that as well. And, and God, as we're experiencing it, Lord, we would look out to the hurting, to the broken, to the people, that are the, the poor and the powerless and the and the, the, the people that, that maybe even have it all together in, in our neighborhood, but they're lonely. They don't know you, Lord. God, will you give us opportunity this week? Lord, as we look at our little block map, God, where as we pray over the, these souls that just need a work and a transformation, Lord, we can't do that work, Lord God. We can't save anybody. But all you call us to do, and the greatest thing you call us to do is to love. And love in a way, Lord, that you've loved us and that we can reach out in such a way. And Lord, thank you for the promise. When we do, we won't fail in love because love never fails. And so God, we're grateful for your love. We're grateful for all that you've done in our life. And God, may we just express that great love towards you through loving one another and loving our community, God. I pray for these endeavors and all that we're doing. And God, may we just do it out of your love and for your kingdom. We pray in Jesus' name, amen.